Welcome to Darnley Cyber Cafe, your podcast for cybersecurity, IT, technology, and business. Episode number four Cybersecurity Month. Hello, everyone. This latest podcast, episode number four, is about Cybersecurity Month. October is Cybersecurity Month. Yay. <laughs> I guess you can hear the enthusiasm in my voice. For me, Cybersecurity Month is every month, 12 months in a year. And I enjoy it, all things considered. Now, why would I dedicate a podcast to Cybersecurity Month, you may ask? Well, I want to make sure that we use this month to gain awareness. Even through my own endeavors in life, in personal life and in business life, I still come across individuals who do not understand cybersecurity basics. Now, it would be kind of... uh, what's the word to use in these regards? It would be bad of me to make those presuppositions about everybody that people should know that they should be doing A, B, C when it comes to their cybersecurity profile for themselves or for their business. So this is why individuals like myself and in the cybersecurity community as a whole understand that this is something that needs to be addressed often. Now, awareness of cybersecurity should not start and end in October, but should be a constantly evolving mindset of oneself or with a business in order to protect themselves against cybercrime. As I always say, cybercrime never sleeps and nor do we. So, it comes to bear in mind that the landscape is constantly changing, no one's immune, and we always have to be on our guard when it comes to these threats. The unfortunate thing with us as cybersecurity experts is that we will never be ahead of the curve, to an extent, of course, because cyber criminals, threat actors alike, are doing things that circumvent some of the safeguards we have. So in essence, we are playing a cat and mouse game with criminals every day, every minute of the year. But as we do this, not everyone has the, let's say, privilege to have to deal with these or to understand the complexities of the life that we live in in the 21st century. But For this month, and for this podcast in particular, let's talk about the Cybersecurity Month. And we will go over certain basics, things you may or may not have heard already. But these things are very important. I know when talking about this with aware individuals, they say, Darnley, I know, I know. We know these things. They they, They keep repeating it. Let me ask you something. One of your parents have told you something to do, not to do something over and over and over again, and then you end up doing it and regretting it. 
and then you keep from your parents telling telling them that they were right because you know you may think they potentially rub in your face so i won't do that i'll make that clear but i just want to kind of create an analogy so that you can understand that there are some processes and repetitions that are involved in these months and months ahead because a lot of people don't or still don't take this to heart even though the threat landscape has increased exponentially. Another thing I want to talk about is also privacy. Privacy has also become a um, fringe word in the industry but actually has become really uh, paramount this day and age given the lengths that uh, corporations and governments have in acquiring data and I'll talk about that for a few minutes our privacy or digital privacy is very key and paramount in the 21st century just because you have large conglomerate organizations like Facebook for example it's one of many demons, mind you, uh, that are out there taking your information and selling it for profit. Well, this is why, in essence, your data, as insignificant as you may think it really is, does have a dollar amount. And in terms of privacy, these organizations will do what they can to invade your privacy. But at the same time, most people's, um, let's say, ignorance allows these corporations and these businesses and governments to take their information without their consent, even though they technically consented in the beginning. And this is something where, for example, Instagram and Facebook users don't realize is the second you upload content into these, into these uh, apps and websites, is that it's now their domain, it's it's their property. So this is something to keep in mind moving forward. And again, I've come across individuals that say, I don't care, uh, I have nothing to hide. I understand. But to those who do care about their privacy and their digital footprint, it, it bears in mind to think about these things and to take solutions and opportunities that allow you to retain that privacy while on the internet. Now, I won't go over privacy apps and, and solutions uh, unless you want me to please comment or email us, but understand that there are solutions in place to ensure your privacy. And I'm sure down the road, I will talk about certain particular applications that ensure your privacy and security while operating online. But in terms of cybersecurity, there are certain things that you need to be aware of. One being spam and phishing. Well, let's dig a bit deeper here. What is spam? Spam is not that canned meat that you have in your pantry. Spam is a email that you may not want or is used by cyber criminals for you to click on and to be able to inject your computer with malicious code. Phishing works in the same premise where phishing attacks in this day and age are getting much more complicated and sophisticated because a lot of users or unsuspecting users 
are still falling for these phishing attacks. Even in October of 2021, I can assure you there is a huge amount of individuals globally still falling for phishing attacks. This is why cyber criminals continue to implore these methods because they understand that these attacks still work. The next one is online shopping. Now, with this COVID pandemic globally, there was an increase of A, internet usage, and B, online shopping. So there are lots and lots of websites out there that you can utilize online shopping. Now, there's also a, a significant amount of websites that seem like legitimate shopping sites, but are indeed illegitimate and are taking your precious data and credit card information in order to fuel the fire, as you will. So some tips with this is in, in most major browsers today, you will note and see a sort of lock or green, again, depending on your browser, um, some sort of way to authenticate a specific um, SSL. And, and um, one thing I want to make note very quickly too with SSLs is that the, the threat actors have been catching on to this and there are some, let's say, illegitimate SSLs that are out there to make a website look authentic. But my only advice is use shopping websites that are well known. And if you are not aware of a particular um, online shopping website that you may have visited, it's always best to see if there are reviews somewhere else online. So doing a simple search to see that that particular site is indeed legitimate. The next one is data protection. Now, in the day and age of online data storage, uh, this it's kind of fallen off a bit, to be honest, with some users and businesses alike, because there's been a huge dependency now on some of these online storage companies because it's just convenient and i don't i don't blame them for that so organizations such as google microsoft and amazon web services have created a de facto online storage medium that businesses and individuals alike can use now that comes with its fair share of issues in themselves and I'm sure anyone listening to this podcast understands that the majority of these 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 vendors, as you will, uh, have been breached and have been attacked. Now, if you're the major one of the biggest vendors in the entire globe, you bet, statistically speaking, that a lot of cyber criminals will be trying to break into your infrastructure. And there are a plethora of examples out there. If you can do a simple Google search or another search engine, you will understand and will see as proof that these comp these corporations, these businesses have been attacked and have continued to be breached, even though they give you that, oh, we stop these attacks, et cetera, et cetera. The point I'm trying to make is the fact that you should not rely on these companies and organizations to retain your data. 
all those pictures you take, all those videos you upload, all those documents you upload are in someone else's computer. If it's important, I would always suggest that you have a, I call second opinion. And that second opinion is a, an external hard drive or other media that you can store copies of this data on a third party device. Because that it only takes seconds for someone to destroy, lock, delete your, your family photos, your great photos because we don't have polaroids anymore let's be honest here you can't just take a picture and develop it after a few days and then you physically put it into a photo album that is a thing of the past now it's the online digital storage mediums that are the the new kodak as you will so this is something that you need to consider when you are trying to back up your data or your company's data is that you need to have a localized source to have differences of, of locations when it comes to storing your data. The next one is uh, botnets. Uh, to those who don't know what botnets are, uh, and you may have heard this in sort of the, the media ether, is the fact that these botnets are used against different businesses and organizations. So essentially a computer gets infected, kind of like a zombie, um, as you will, the host gets infected and it does something to, you know, let's say a hacker creates something and it wants to attack, you know, let's say Apple, for example, what's going to happen is that these, your, your computer essentially will be attacking, will using its own resources to attack these companies and, and these botnets are still thriving. Um, uh, and the last one that I want to, to hit on is ransomware. Now I know. This, this word has been beaten to a literal pulp in the media with us cybersecurity professionals. It's, it's become a buzzword that is ultra, ultra annoying. And believe me, I've heard this before through many people about this, this particular word. And, um, but it's still a thriving and growing threat for companies and organizations alike. For example, there are many hospitals in the United States, um, transit systems in the United States that have been attacked by various forms of ransomware and it's taken down schedules, um, it's disrupted surgeries, etc. So ransomware does really pose a threat. Now, kind of hitting on ransomware a bit here for a second is the fact that some hospitals use antiquated operating systems. So Windows 7 operating systems, for example, for some of their equipment. So if a payload was injected into a particular hospital who may be using these Windows 7 machines even today on their network infrastructure and they get attacked or hacked, then uh, essentially hackers may have access to these devices. So that, again, that's a very um, Black Mirror sort of situation, but um, Netflix Black Mirror, if anyone doesn't know who I'm, what I'm talking about. Um, but... I digress. It the fact of the matter is that criminals do know that some people use out of date systems, and they would do whatever they could to exploit that and use that against them. So, what is again to dig a bit deeper about ransomware? It, it basically locks and encrypts. Um, they use sort of like I call it digital kidnapping. Um, to make extra money. So basically, let's use the hospital for example. If they actually take the certain devices offline they're going to say pay us 
you know, thirty, forty thousand dollars, and we'll unlock the systems. And funny enough, or not funny, it's not a joke, but unfortunately, a, a good chunk of this does get paid either by the companies or by the insurance, which inadvertently fuels the the criminal, the crime ring that is deploying these attacks. So it's it's kind of counterintuitive, and that's why. Um, various government agencies and um, security experts like ourselves say that and state that do not pay the ransom. You're better off making sure you have those backups in place. So when this does happen, you can tell the hacker where to go and restore your systems and move on. But when it comes to protecting your devices, I want to make this very clear. Protect all your devices, your computers, your tablets, your mobile devices, everything everything that could connect to the internet must be protected. Release your presuppositions over a certain vendor being more secure than the other. That is false. Both major operating systems, um, Apple and Microsoft, both of their operating systems have been breached and compromised over the many years. So not one particular vendor is immune to cyber attacks. They're all affected. Another piece of advice, um, the stat is 53% of respondents to this particular survey, a few surveys I looked at when it comes to multi-factor authentication, MFA, 53% of people use multi-factor authentication. And I think that's also bundled into two-factor authentication. That's sort of the same thing where you get that text message, text message um, with your phone. But again, this is this is interesting because even today, only 53% of people use it. And you gotta ask yourself why. But also on the flip side, 70% of these respondents use overcomplicated passwords. So it's like, um, what's a good example? Like you, you're putting like 36 characters of letters, numbers, special characters, and I have a whole line of that stuff. No one's going to remember that. In in my time, you know, they say put complicated passwords. You know, in my 10 plus years in cybersecurity, I can tell you that I would not remember that. So what I do is a, uh, a sort of phrase, and that's become very synonymous now with, with all of us. We kind of came to consensus over that. So this is an example. Um, Apple can shelf lamps number eight at sign. Um, it's pretty, it's relatively easy to remember. Um, the Apple could be, oh, I'm logging into my Apple computer, or you can say window if you're walk, log into Windows. It's just an example, but you don't need to make something overcomplicated. Um, Apple can shelf lamp eight at sign, again, is an example, but those are words those are english words for you to use or you can use the words in your in your native language doesn't matter but the point is you're trying to overcomplicate it and a lot of people have sat here and told me how insane it is to remember all these passwords which you won't but at the very least have a system in place that works for your mindset and your brain so that you can actually remember these things to enter them in and again if a criminal wants to break into your your account they will this is why you must put those mitigations in, in place, like uh, um, you know a semi you know pa complicated password, multi-factor authentication. That's all you need to safeguard your your account 
against from against unauthorized access. Another um, few sort of poor, what, what kind of leads to poor cybersecurity, um, what the effects are to you and, and or your, your organization is the exposure of customer data or in essence, your data. What is the associated cost of that particular data being lost? Um, if you need to um, go through litigation, there's a cost for that, for, for litigation. And if you end up getting um, ransomed, um, as I coin it, you'd have to pay the ransomware company because you clearly didn't have enough protections in place. You'd have to pay the ransomware fees, which usually costs anywhere between a few thousands to tens of thousands of dollars plus um, to pay a particular ransomware. And again, there's no guarantee that this ransom would be taken off. There, There's no ethics code in, in the cyber world to say, if you pay me 10 grand, I have to unlock your account. It's not usually the case. And this is why a lot of government agencies and, and experts like myself have stated, do not pay the ransomware. Because at the end of the day, you're only fueling the fire of these cyber criminals. The other one is um, identity theft and scams. Um, this is a big one. Um, it, it can be something as small as your your health card or your, your social insurance number, that kind of stuff. Um, and people can get these from information that you leave online. Uh, they can get it from your, your recycling bin, your garbage. They can get it from anywhere if they really want to, and especially your credit card number. So it's always best to make sure that you are sanitizing, deleting your information before you throw it out, making sure you don't leave anything behind. If you get a bunch of Amazon boxes every day, just make sure you rip off the label, throw it away, shred it, burn it, whatever. And uh, that should help reduce the amount of personally identifiable information of you out there. So try to reduce your footprint. Unsubscribe from any unwanted email lists. I can tell you how many times I'd had to sit there and spend hours removing myself from un unnecessary and unwanted mailing lists. Um, these lists or these companies can and, and will get hacked over time. So once they are hacked, they will send you malicious um, mailing lists and, and stuff like that. And essentially, you're, you're not going to be able to know and you're going to click on it one day and, and, and kind of bite yourself in the butt. The, another uh, advice here is to deactivate and uninstall apps you no longer use. Um, this is very important because there are some apps that do need to be constantly updated by the provider so that you have the latest and greatest on your phone, but also you have all the protective measures in place. So let's say, for example, if uh, I'm just going to use Uber Eats here for an example, if Uber Eats app um, you know, they find an issue with the software or, you know, there's a, a bug can, you know, destroy it or, or, you know, breach your device. They, they sometimes would release updates, bug, bug fixes or protection fixes to protect your device and make sure the app doesn't get compromised. And again, this is synonymous with any app on your device. But if you haven't used the app in months, then the best bet is just to delete it. If you don't, if you no longer lead it, because a lot of the time these apps are sitting on devices unused and un, not updated. And um, if a compromised device can be, that can be basically used against yourself. 
So always, always deactivate or uninstall any apps on your device that you no longer need. This is applicable for mobile devices, tablets, and also computers. So um, on, the, on the sort of the same side of the coin, making sure you update your operating systems. I know a lot of you still use older operating system, deprecated operating systems, etc. cetera. Uh, I went to, to find uh, a company actually using older versions of Mac um, OS X uh, that cannot be updated anymore because computers were old. They're from, I think, back in 2010. So they no longer can be supported. Um, they're still usable, sure, but they are uh, a big security risk there by using older operating systems. So just make sure you have the latest and greatest think about four to five year cycles of either updating your equipment um, physically or through the software. So to, to sort of wrap up this, this podcast, always have a cybersecurity first mindset at home and at work. I implore any business owners or leaders to make the effort to make the time to teach or encourage your team to be more cyber aware. In this day and age, we are more and more reliant on technology, electricity, and in various aspects with computer and, and uh, online media. We need to make sure that we are taking this seriously, that we are taking the effort in ourselves, most importantly, to understand the threats that are there, but also understand the threats that we may not be aware of. The cybersecurity blind spots, as I like to call it, is where you will get bit and hit the hardest because you're not aware of it. I know ignorance may be bliss to some, but in the digital world, in the cybersecurity world, it's better to be safe than sorry. You don't want your machine to be locked out tomorrow. You don't want your business being knocked down for days. So taking the proactive steps today, now, looking at some of the cybersecurity best practices that you can implore on yourself, your family, and those around you are the first steps in the right direction. Like I said, knowing is half the battle. Taking action is the most important next step. Thank you all for listening to this latest podcast of Darnley Cyber Cafe. I am your host. Stay safe, stay secure, and always be aware. Happy Cybersecurity Month, everyone.